know, the, the message title uh, today is, uh, What's the Plan, Stan? How many of you know that uh, everybody wants to know that? We're coming close to Christmas, and, and so everybody's probably asking, you know, what's the plan? What are we doing for Christmas? Whose house are we going to? Where are we going? What do we bring? What are the, blah, blah, blah. What's the plan? It's important to have a plan. I would encourage you as we not just finish out this year, but as we move in to, to 2013, I would encourage you, don't. Don't come to church without something to write on, something to write with. Don't meet God in that place where you meet God. Don't get before him in prayer or get before him in the word without having some kind of paper, some kind of journal, some kind of notebook in your pen and and ready to write down what God's showing you and what you feel in your heart. Because God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for this church. But but if, if we don't receive that plan if we don't write that thing down we end up we end up getting lost in the journey and i'm not saying that we've been lost and i'm not saying that at the end of the year here we got to try to figure out what's going on but i will tell you this god's got a plan for you today yes and i know there's just a few more days left in this year but i'm telling you what god's got a plan for those days in your life that's right Every and in, in 2013 i believe he has a great plan for your life in that year too this is the time and the season where people begin to spark and begin to say things like, man, it's going to be the best year ever next year. Well, we still got some days left here for this to be the best year ever. Yes. Amen. Unless you're a Mayan, then you got like two days. And then uh, if you're, uh, sorry, I guess you only have to plan through two days. So you're good. Don't even fill up the car with gas. You'll be all right. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, you, you know, whatever. What is he calling? What is he speaking to you for this next year? I think sometimes we, we get into 2013 or the brand new year in January, and then we begin to seek God and say, what do you have for me? What do you have for me in this year? How about now? It's December 19. God, what do you have for me in this next year? What do you got going on? What do you got going on for me December 20? J- December 25th is coming up, God. What's your plan? Right. What's your plan for me? What do you want to share with me? What do you want to show me? How do you want to use me tomorrow, December 20? You know, we get in here in the presence of God, and then we, we pour it out and sing hallelujah. And, I mean, that, that's like a, that's a worship experience, you know, as you just kind of let things go. Now, now you, when you do that at home, then you just sit down with your pen, and you just say, God, I love you. I'm open. What do you have for me? Yes. And he begins to speak to you, and he begins to show you things, and you begin to feel stuff on the inside. Begin to write those things down. Begin to put them on paper. Because they become the plan that he has for you in your life. God always... God always has a plan. Now, many times <laughs> when we're not paying attention, when he's trying to share with us or teach us or show us that plan, we see the plan later. Have you ever been down the road and, and, and it's been a little rough here or there? And then, but down the road you go, oh, God, you did have a plan. Why didn't you tell me about it? And he says, Just, I, I tried. But, but you wouldn't listen. It was December 20 and I, I, was, trying to, I was trying to tell you the trying to tell you the plan, and, and you, you didn't listen. So it's important. He had a plan from the very beginning. This all didn't just happen in the earth because of some big bang or some toad that mutated or any of those kind of things. God had a plan. He intentionally created all of this for a purpose. And then he placed man in the earth for a purpose. He doesn't just have a plan for all of mankind. He has a plan for every Doug, Sue, Sherry, and Bob in mankind. He had a plan for Noah. He saved his family. He built an ark, and he told him to get in the ark, and he saved mankind. There was a plan, a specific 
plan that said, this is how you build the ark. This is the wood you need to use. This is how you need to build it. This is the dimensions. I mean, these are the animals you're going to bring into the ark. This is the whole deal. Now, he was not an ark builder. That wasn't his thing. He, but, but he did what God asked him to do. He followed the plan. Abraham, he had a plan for Abraham. He had a plan for Moses. He told him, get in there, man. Tell him to let my people go. Sometimes when the plan doesn't work the first time, we give up on the plan. Don't give up in January. Don't give up in February. Don't give up in March. Each plan comes with steps, and you might not see the fulfillment of that plan until all the steps are fulfilled, that your obedience begins to bring those things out in the plan. And as he continued to go to Pharaoh and then get turned away, then go to Pharaoh, then turned away, then go to, there came a day where, see, the plan didn't change from the first time or the second time or the third time he went. But on that last time, when everybody was dying and it was all going south, Pharaoh said, get out of here. You can't say that that's when the plan, that's not when it was given to him. It was given to him a long time ago. You can't say that's when the plan finally was was, was fulfilled. Well, it was fulfilled day by day by day. That's just when you saw the end result of God's plan. He had a plan with Jesus. He, he sent him, and Jesus was part of God's plan. So how, how can we, when, when we know that this season is about him, and that he, he, he came into this earth as God's plan, but he also came into this with a plan, Luke 4, you know, where he said, this is who I am, man. Set the, set the captives free. This is, I, I, I am the son of God, and I am going after the things that my father is showing me. He, had a, he came in here with a plan. And then you know what? He left this earth with a plan. It, none of this is haphazard. This just didn't happen. When he left this earth, he told the disciples, I am leaving, and I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit in your life to be your one, to be your helper going to convict man of sin yes but he's going to be the one who helps you speaks to you and shows you those things to come the plan the plan we think sometimes that it's spooky and it's 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 this weird thing where he's going to tell you something no man the the holy spirit is showing you things to come he's going to help you formulate a plan in your life he's going to teach you he's going to show you those things and jesus even left and didn't just say i'm sending the holy spirit he told the disciples here's your plan Go into the earth and make disciples. So when people say, I I don't know what I'm supposed to do for God, I just say, go back to that scripture then. Because you may not know like specifically what he's asking you to do, but we all know that he has called us to that. That's part of the plan. It's part of the plan for you and it's part of the plan for me. In Jeremiah 29, 11, in the New Living or in in the NIV, It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. You sing hallelujah, hallelujah. It may be rough and laundry all over your house and the dog's barking and the kids (laughs) are screaming. Everybody's hungry. The dishwasher's overflowed. And you're in your closet singing, hallelujah. (laughs) God, I need you. Show up. Give me your plan. Give me your plan. What do you have for me right now? I'm telling you, God speaks to you. I am praying and have prayed, you know, that God will be speaking to the people of this church by his Holy Spirit. 
and that we understand and hear his voice. We understand and hear the leading of God, and that he's speaking to us in a way in which we understand. And I believe for each one of us, he'll do that. Amen. Now, you all know I teach seventh grade science, and they're not as interested in, in some of the things that I teach as I am. But when I study science, it makes me more intrigued and more in love with who God is than ever before. Like, we just finished studying cells. And inside of cells, I'll give you a brief science lesson. Okay. You got your mommy strand of DNA and your daddy strand of DNA, and that makes you. Okay, so you get one strand, one set of chromosomes, and then in that one set of chromosomes, they divide, and then they divide, and then they do, and, and it makes you. But it's that one strand of chromosomes that, that tells your toenail cells to be toenails, and tells your eyeballs to be eyeballs, and tells your brain where to store stuff, and it tells your hair how to grow, and it, what color to be, and if it to be straight or curly, and from that one strand of chromosomes i mean it it, it it just blows my mind how i mean how could you not fall more in love with someone that came up with that i mean that's amazing that is amazing way to go god high five i mean and that's just us that's just us that's not like the layers of the earth and how we stay warm we're so far away from the sun and that, that we don't fry and we don't get cold and it's perfect and you know we have water and nobody else does you know all those things he had a plan for every single bit of it, and he hasn't hid any of it. We get to know about all of it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, ooh, no, you can't know this, or you can't know this. Everything is, is, is unveiled. Think about it. Your body is so amazing, the way it operates, and such a delicate balance. Like, you get off just a little bit, and your body, I mean, God knew exactly how you were going to have to be formed to be on this planet and live this life. If he's going to go to that much detail, he's not going to hide from you how to get through your day. He's not going to hide from you how to take care of Christmas. He's not going to hide from you what his plan is for your life. It, 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 it's always unfolding in front of you. He doesn't hide anything from us. It says, you know, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. He knew how to make one set of chromosomes do your whole body and do it well and keep doing it. He has a plan. He's kind of smart. He has a plan. And we have to trust that he will show us that plan and he will take care of us within that plan. But that we will also be a part of the plan to reach others. See, it's a, big, it, 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 it's a big picture, and you have a big part, but you have to try to see that part. And as soon as you set yourself to, in a position where you try to see, you will. 
because it says it says in Romans, it says in uh, where is it? Romans eight fourteen. No, those who are led by the Spirit of yes. God are the sons of God. Those are yes, that's the one I was looking for. Thanks, babe. Yep. You're, you're good at this. Okay, so and <laughs> high five you. Well, I'm not as good as he is. <laughs> huh? Okay, anyway. And then in James. Don't take questions from the audience. James, <laughs> I'm learning. Shh. Don't talk to me. I'll get distracted. James 1, 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. And not doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave on the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man suppose that he's received anything from God. He is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. That's not what we want to be. It says if you ask, he will tell you liberally. He's not going to hide it from you. And all you have to do is ask. And the same God who came up with the intricate plan to make you has a plan to get you across town. Has a plan to get you to tomorrow. Has a plan to get you to next year. Has a plan to get you in in a, a, a marriage that's awesome. Has a plan to get you in a, in a financial state that's awesome. Has a plan to get you in a place where where you are lifting God up and he is drawing yeah. men to you. But the, the idea is then tapping into that plan. You know, I think I think we, we would all agree that there is a plan, that God has a plan, that, that that's who he is. And, you know, in, in Jeremiah, like we read in, in verse 29, in, in ver, or chapter 29, verse 11, said, I know the plans that I have for you. But if you go to the next scripture, verse 12 and 13, it says, then you will call on me and you'll come and you'll pray to me and I will listen to you. To listen to you. How many of you say, will, will anybody in this house listen to me? <laughs> uh, God will. Yes. Always. Give him a chance. God will listen. It says that, that he will listen, and he said, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. God, God begins to speak and lead his children by his spirit, and, and he, he does that by the still small voice that's on the inside of you. We would much rather, like we've talked about before, have this be like an email. You know, that we would just pray, and then he'd send us an email or a text and tell us exactly what we need to do. Wouldn't that be That'd be much easier. Let's just, you know, come on, God, get with the, you know, 21st century and start texting. Um, Doesn't happen that way. It's quiet. It's It's still. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It's that. It's that still small voice on the inside. Sometimes you're trying to make, you're trying to make a decision and you say, God, I know you have a plan for me, but I don't know what to do. Shh. We want to talk and talk and talk and talk and tell God and, and, and get our friends among them and tell them how we're trying to make a decision and we don't know what to do and what do you think we should do and what, what is your wisdom and what and, you know, I mean, Rachel would never go to sleep when she was little. She was ever. No, those people would walk through the mall, the kid is asleep in the stroller and we'd just go, oh. Or somebody would be carrying a kid and they'd be asleep and be like, oh, that'd be nice. I want one. That she wasn't like that. She was constantly in motion. But if you could like, if you could hold her and, you know, 
Sometimes you had to use your legs, sometimes you had to use your... But if you just hold her for about a good minute, not around the throat, but, you know, like, not spocking her or anything, but just, around, you know, if you could just hold her tight, peace would settle in, and she'd fall asleep. There's a lesson to be learned in that for us. We don't have to be in such motion as we go. Sometimes, I would even say many times, we need to be still. We need to be quiet. He doesn't just talk to you at church. He doesn't just talk to you at your house. He doesn't just lead you or guide you when you're at the mall and you're praying for a sale. He, he wants to lead and guide you all the time. And part of becoming lean spiritually in your life is fasting. And, and that isn't necessarily always a wonderful or a hot topic for us. Because when we start talking about fasting, we realize real quick, fasting means no food. But if you look in the Hebrew and the Greek, which are the two things, you know, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, they both kind of come out to be the same way. One says to cover the mouth with the hand, and the other one says not to let food come in your mouth. And, but part of this being lean, part of this thing that says, you know what, God, I, I need to hear from you. Part of it is attached to prayer and fasting. You probably did some of that while you were in Texas, I'm sure. It's good to have you back. But, but those two go together. Fasting isn't just not eating. That's a crazy weird diet. Fasting is, is, is putting away food for a spiritual purpose. That, that it's, it's not just us saying, you know what, I, I'm just not going to eat for a while. And then we wander around and hope something happens. We say, God, I really feel like I, I need to see you in my life in this area. I need breakthrough in this area. I need, I need wisdom in this area. I need direction in this area. And, and I, I'm going to set aside these days, and I'm going to fast this way, and I'm going to come before you in prayer while I'm fasting. If Jesus went out and prayed and fasted, and he's the Son of God, where do we get off by thinking that just prayer is sufficient. Last year around Easter, I, I, I just felt to fast for 21 days. Had never really done that like 21 days, a long time. I was looking for 10. And I told the story, you know, but God, God spoke into my heart to 20, 21 days. And so I, whew, I said, oh, okay. And uh, I'm telling you, it really, it, be, it puts you in another it puts you in another realm spiritually. It allows God's power to flow in your life. You begin to hear things. It begins to set you up for things that have happened down the road. I didn't see everything I thought I would see in 21 days, but since those 21 days, I've seen a lot of those things that I prayed about. Jensen Franklin, he's one of the, the, the big fasting writers and, and, and proponents, but, but he likens it to sharpening your axe. How many of you are just kind of like dull? I mean, eventually you'll get there. You can cut a tree down with a dull axe. But how many of you know if it's a lot sharper, you cut that tree down a lot faster? It was Abe Lincoln maybe or somebody that said, if I had six hours to cut down the tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the blade. That's, that's what fasting and prayer does in our life. And so I just want to encourage you. I, I believe that in this new year, in, in 2013, that, 
that I, that I feel too, and, and I want to invite you as well as, as the congregation and some of the staff and you know, to, to, to go on a fast and begin to ask God for, in, in my life, direction, wisdom, and breakthrough. But the, the 13 days for 2013, some people do 21 days, all kinds of things. I, I, I want to start my, I'm going to start on the 7th of January and go to the 19th. And, and I'd love for all of you that, that, that feel to do that, that's great, do it. Different kinds of fasts, there's all kinds of information out there, there's you know, medically, you got to be you got to be on your toes. You got to be sharp. You know, maybe in some of your situations, you need to talk to your doctor. But there's there's Daniel fast and there's liquid fast and there's there's all kinds of things. You know, for 21 days in my life, it was it was liquid. You know, that's that's what I I did. I just did liquid. So whatever that is in your life, I would just encourage you pray about it. Ask God what He might what He might have. But I, I felt to do that. I know January 1st would be a great time to start because it's the first day of the year, but I'm not gonna, I, we're not going to be out of town. And so it's kind of the 7th was the 6th I'm back to preach, and then the 7th I just felt to start on the 7th and end on the 19th. So if you want to be a part of that, awesome. Uh, uh, great. If not, I understand, and I'm not, you know, I'm not twisting arms or anything. But, but what it does, I believe, and what it's going to, to do in our lives, maybe in this church, sharpen the axe a little bit a little meaner a little leaner spiritually allowing God's power to flow in our life be able to hear his voice have him speak to us and show us things it, 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 it's it's abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose and many times during that fast what happens in prayer gets lived out over a period of time I think sometimes we want to fast today because we need an answer today. And I, I, that's, some of that is be led by the Spirit. But, but I know that if I fast this week, he may, he, he may, it may be the breakthrough I need in six weeks. That it's, it's for the future, for the things that are out there. So that's part of being lean. That's part of hearing God's voice. That's part of putting the flesh down. Fasting, <laughs> fasting tells your mind and your body they ain't in control. Because I'm telling you, your body wants to eat all the time. Cheetos, I, I, Cheez-Its. But it begins to connect you yes. to God in a new way. And, and when you're connected to God, that's, that, that's, the, that's the key to all of it. Being, being, as we said in the ladies' meeting, vitally connected. You have to be vitally connected to what God's doing. You, have, you expect God to show up, but you have to show up too. You have to, you have to come in and you have to do your part. You have to hook into what God's doing. And in John 15, 5 in the Amplified Version, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. Right. See, communication is going on all around us. We all communicate all day long. We don't yeah. go anywhere without our phones. And hopefully they're turned off when you're in church. Or at least Same. silenced. Uh, they don't. Um, it's okay. You're not. You, I'm just saying. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> And how weird do you feel when you don't have it? When you know someone can't get a hold of you and you can't get a hold of someone else. It, it's become a part of who we are. And that same 
we have to have that same vital connection, that same relationship, that same communication with God. And if when we get to this place, we have to quiet ourselves. See, we have to push our phone, our communication with everything else aside and let God talk to us. And that's, and that's what John's talking about in the fasting, in the hearing his word, in the logos word, in the rhema word. That's the word of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Those are the things that you have to be quiet to hear. You have to set aside that time. And, you know, to communicate is the imparting or interchange of thoughts, opinions, or information by speak by speech, writing, or signs. And, 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 and those are the things that we depend on. And so we have to depend on that from God. And when you don't listen, that's when you get in trouble. You have two ears for a reason. Because you need to listen to what's going on. I don't, you know, and, and that's becoming a lost art. That's good. Listening. Actually, I mean, we sit in, in each other's presence and we interchange. I, we don't interchange ideas. We speak at each other. And we're already thinking about what we want to say while they're trying to tell us what they're saying. We, we, we become non-listeners and only verbal communicators. So we're not receiving what anyone has to, has to say, nor are we receiving what, what God has to say because we're not quiet before him. We're thinking about the text that we just got. We're thinking about the yeah. email we have to send. We're thinking about what we have to cook for dinner. We're thinking about all those things while we're pretending to hear from God. Yeah, I have a, I, I got a coin, and I left it in the car, but uh, it's a coin that I found when I was down in India, and it, it's stamped on one side, talk, 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 talk. But on the other side, it's stamped, listen, 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 to remind me that it's not all about me just talking. I would tell you, it's more about you listening. That's how you get to know somebody. Not by what you tell them, but by what they tell you. Right. And You're hooking up with God in this is about getting to know him on a personal level. You say, well, does God talk to you? Yes. How does he talk to you? Well, he leads me by that still small voice. Sometimes I, and he says, "Hey, what's up? What are you doing, stupid?" You know, I mean, uh, God, God, talk, God, I mean, he he, 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 calls me on the carpet. But when I when I met her, I, I didn't I didn't get to know her, and all about her, the things that she she loved and her desires and her dreams and and all of those things by telling her mine. That's I, how I got to love him. I, I had her pour into me all of those things. So I got to hear her dream. Now, God has a dream and a plan for you. But if you're busy trying to tell him your plan, you're busy trying to ask him, we're busy trying to talk and do all those kind of things, we have to realize that understanding who God is, that getting close to him in an intimate relationship where you know his voice comes from listening. And Romans 8, 14 is true, that the, that the sons and daughters of God are the ones who are led by the Spirit. And when we teach in VBI, is, that's a maturing process. If you've been saved like a month, I'm telling you, you've got a ways to go. I mean, I, you can still hear from God. I'm not saying you can't. But I'm saying it's, this is a process. I've always said, I ask God to teach me how to hear His voice in the small things. 
because I don't want to miss him in the big things. Every plane I've gotten on, the devil's told me it's going to crash. And I could, I could take that and be scared and sit in my house. But I said, God, I want to know when it's you telling me not to get on that thing. Help me in the little things. Teach me to hear your voice. I want to know all about you. And you know what? He, he began to tell me. He began to show me. And man, you buzz through the papers and you write the things down. And I see it happen. I see it happen in here on, on, on a Wednesday or a Sunday as I'm preaching. And I, all of a sudden, you've got this dazed look on your eyes. And, and, but you're, 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 in your, you're in your place. Man, God's going to talk to you all the time. He's going to show you stuff. You're going you're gonna to feel things. You're going to see things. That communication through speech and through signs. And I mean, God, God's talking to you. Especially when you're in his presence like this. Because you have kind of shut off the world. We have come into a place to say, you know what? I want to hear from God. And please understand me. My prayer is that you hear from God, not me. I mean, that's, that's my prayer. That's why when I begin to preach, I say, God, I thank you that your words today, you anoint our ears to hear what you're saying, our eyes to see things in a new way. That our heart is good ground to receive your word. Why? Because that's what we want. It's the only way to live. And if you don't have a plan, I mean, it says it says in his word, I just wanted to read this to you in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. If you don't have a vision, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have something that you're working toward, there's no life in that. And little by little, the life that you had will begin to slip away. See, it's not just about maintaining. You're always moving forward with God. You're always moving toward what he has for you. You're always moving. It says that we go from glory to glory. It's not a stagnant thing. And, and it's not about maintaining the life that you have. It's about excelling to the next thing because we don't ever want to shrink back we don't ever want to lose what we have we don't ever want to maintain that's not what God's about it's about going from from one awesome thing to the next with him yeah it's you know people usually as we get older we We'd look back. You you might know somebody, and they, they say like, well, "What have I done? You know, where's my life gone?" You know, we we talk to young people. And we say, "What do you want to be? What do you want to be?" And they're like, "Hey, leave me alone. I just want to. I want to be twelve. You know, I, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to be." But you begin to teach that and instill that in your children to hear the voice of God. Why? So they know what they want. They what they want to be. What God has created them to be. But how many of you know people who've like years? I mean, they've just years have just 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 spun by. It's December 19th. And a few weeks ago, I was going back to my prayer journal to find out, God, what were those things you wanted me to do this year? And I'm thinking, well, oh my gosh, I have, I mean, that was just yesterday. No, that was a year. They go by quick. And but spiritually, you don't want to get in a place where where 
you've let all of these years go by. Man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. Be open to his direction. And the last thing, and as we finish, I just want to encourage you. In hearing God's plan and in living God's plan in this earth, it's revealed to you piece by piece or step by step many times. And you, you don't normally get step two until you're obedient to step one. We, we, we are a fast microwave society, right, with a crock pot gone. And, and sometimes we don't want to wait for that next thing and, and we don't want to be left hanging. And, and because we have the internet, we, can, we know everything at any moment that we need to know it. So when God just gives us the first part, we're not excited about being obedient to that part because we don't know what the next part is. Right. It says in Isaiah 119 that the willing and the obedient eat the good of the land. That God's plan for your December 20, December 25, your, your 2013. It'll be unfolded before you as you live it out in this earth, being obedient to what God told you to do that day. Right. That day. That the obedience not just opens up the hands of blessing in your life, it, 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 it opens up a pipeline to where you can hear from God. It, it, it changes what goes on in your life. So I don't know about that. Well, disobedience does the other, doesn't it? We've been disobedient so long, we don't remember what obedience really is like. But disobedience shuts off all that stuff in our life. But obedience opens it all up. What is the last thing God said to you that you haven't done? When I get in a funk, when I get a little crusty or when I can't seem to find my way or don't feel like I'm hearing from God, my mom usually encourages me. Well, honey, what's the last thing God told you? Come on, you're my mom. Give me something better than that. But what's the last thing, honey, that he told you? I said, did you do it? Uh, you better start there. As we move into 2013, you can't go back probably and, and do all 37 things that were supposed to be done all this year. But in your heart, you can repent and say, God, I, 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 let, I, I let go of that stuff today. Tell me what I'm supposed to do today. Help me. I want to hear your voice. I, I, I want to be your servant in this earth. I don't want to make it about me. I want to make it about you. In January, on the Wednesday nights in January, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit about discernment about hearing the voice of God and about, 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 about really seeking Him. Because about, about, that, that's, man, that, when, when do you, I mean, you got to know that. We, this is important for all of us. You may be here and say, well, I've been through that a few times. Well, go, come through a couple more. Because I know this, every time I teach it, I learn something new. Every time I delve into it, He shows me something new. And, and, and none of us are to a place where we can't hear something new from God. So in your life, I just encourage you, as 2013 rolls around, what is, what is God's plan for you? You know, maybe it is like, okay, I'm going to bring a Bible and a notebook to church. And I'm going to put a notebook in my car. I'm going to put, a, I'm gonna put a, a, a Bible and a notebook in my prayer closet. That I'm going I'm to get into that and I'm going to ask God to speak to me. 
I, I don't know what he has for you in this new year, but I do know it's good. Are you spending time, this is where, this is big. Are you spending time with God to determine what that plan might be? Sometimes we go like, yeah, 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 I, I, I know what it is. Well, then why are you having a hard time making a decision? Why aren't you going anywhere? Why, why, why is it, why is it, ah, oh, well, well, it's not fresh. Swing it with a dull axe. The last thing is, will you, will you be obedient to the plan of God for you in 2013? Regardless of what it is. Get the flesh out. Quiet the mind. Renew your mind to the word of God. Let your spirit man grow. You let your spirit man grow. God begins to lead you guide you down the path that you need to go. Every day is a great day. Every day is a new day. You don't end up a month, six months, a year down the road going, man, what are we doing? You're like, hey, hey I, I gotta, I, tomorrow's a new day. I, I gotta get this done. I gotta get this done today because tomorrow God's got another assignment for me. Another day in part of the plan of your life. Be open. Have those ears open. And listen to what God has for you. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.